Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's double feature is some classic fantasy with Krull and Clash of the Titans. Presumably the original. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Uh, yeah, so we tried to order food from like three different places. And it, uh, it was a good time. That's weird. Through what, DoorDash or something? Uh, no, from their own delivery service. So we're going to order Monocle's Pizza, which is a regional change here, Doug. And uh, it's one on their website. Put the uh, put the entire order in. Uh, gets to the end, and it says, "When would you like this delivered?" And it would not let you select select like ASAP. Only sometime in the future, and starting oh. on Wednesday. And so we're like, well, "What the fuck? That's kind of dumb." That is so weird. So we're like, well, let's just call it in. So we called, and the place has a recording saying there was a COVID exposure, so they're closed. Yeah. Okay. So that makes Uh, sense. It does make sense. But can't you like do something for your fucking website so I don't have to go all the way through it before I find out? Yeah. So, so Doug, Monocle's Pizza is that pizza place. That like fifty percent of everybody swears is the best pizza, but really isn't that good. Okay, I don't swear it's the best, but I do still enjoy it. Man, people people fucking suck Monocle's dick. No, it's it's ridiculous, and it's just not good. No. Like it's it's not even like better than average pizza. I would it's like cardboard with pizza mm-hmm. toppings. Yeah. Uh, Dave's Pizza is my favorite, and it's because Dave went to high school with my dad, and they worked together like forever. And when my dad opened his own pizza place, he used the same pizza uh, recipe. And my dad doesn't have a pizza place anymore, so it's the only place I can get that pizza. And it's uh, fantastic. I grew up eating it. So I was going to say, see, and that's a good story. You have a very yeah. personal connection to that pizza. Um, monocles, so, monocles everybody just goes monocles is so good and then whenever you go monocles isn't that good and they're like have you had the russian dressing <laughs> <laughs> it is a good part of it but Jesus i'm not i'm i'm in no way advocating that it's the best one if somebody's like i don't like monocles i'm like yeah all right um so then we decided well maybe soup and a sandwich sounds good Let's get let's get delivery from McCall- McAllister's Deli. 
not super great, but I'm just like, you know what? It's it'll be quick. It's right on the road. I like I like the loaded spuds. Yeah, I just don't know if they travel well being delivered. Like if I was in the store, maybe, but I'm not. Uh, they're they're okay. The cheese gels up a little bit, but it's still pretty good. So once again, we go on their website. They have their own little delivery service, so we don't have to pay the DoorDash delivery fee. And plus, we first looked on DoorDash, and they didn't have all the selections. Like, the only soup you could get was chili. And I'm like, well, I don't want chili. So it's stupid. Yeah, and, and DoorDash has weird problems, too. So, like, uh, Darcy's here in Springfield, the, the kind of the Springfield-centric place that everyone loves. Yeah. They, you know how there's separate menus. So if you have, like, a lunch menu and a dinner menu, you can, like, flip back and forth between them. Mm-hmm. Well, they put the appetizers on a separate menu, oh. and you cannot order food from two separate menus. So you cannot get an appetizer from Darcy's through DoorDash if you order food. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, it's really fucking stupid. So once again, you know, well, I don't want chili, so let's look on their website. Oh, yeah, they do have their own online delivery stuff. And then you can choose any of the soups. Okay, this is good. Once again, we, we both decide, you know, man, it takes like 15 minutes to pick what she wants to eat. It takes me like two minutes. I'm like, I want this, this, and this. And then but I have to wait. I guess Brian goes for the big nasty. Uh, no. Uh, King Club. Okay. And then I was going to get a bowl of uh, chicken noodle soup with some, and then mac and cheese as the appetizer, or as the side for the uh, sandwich. Um, so, once again, Amanda took forever, 15 minutes, trying to figure out what she wanted. Because this is this is any place that we decide we're going to order from. Um, puts it all in. It's, uh, you know, take it to the payment page. Oh, delivery services are not available. <laughs> Why the fuck can I get all the way to the very last page before you tell me that there's no delivery services? So at this point, I just want to flip some tables over. I'm like, God damn it, I'm starving. I have to go do this podcast. And so we got the most Peoria generic delivery we could get. We were just like, just get delivery from Avani's. Just give me, give me a gondola and some tortellini, and that'll be fine. And then that took like an hour. I was like, God damn it. It's the type of day where I want to punch somebody in the face. I know how you feel. Yeah. So it's been great. And all this time, I had, I had not watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet because Amanda wants to watch it. And we have, I mean, since I started my new job last week, we have not had any time to watch anything until today. So we're trying to figure out food so that we could finally watch this damn thing. How was everybody else's day? Long as shit. I do. I do have to tell you that. So tonight, I'm gonna have to have a pretty hard cut off at about eleven o'clock. Oh, so if, we're so, right. if we're still rambling, I might have to hop off and go to bed. It's all right. I got. I got jack shit to talk about other than the main topic. So unless, unless both of you watch a shit ton of stuff. No, I ain't got nothing to talk about. No, I certainly did not. Yeah, me either. Oh, gotta, 
But t- tomorrow's going to be a long ass day. I have to like get up early, put the rest of my stuff together, load my car up, go to work for a full day, then drive to Decatur to meet my brother, and then drive to Florida. <laughs> just like oh. a really long time. Driving, you're not going to risk the COVID just to make life easier for yourself? Well, it, it's more got to do with uh, cost and time off and all, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm flying back. I just am writing yeah. him down. Gotcha. That's yeah, a long drive. I couldn't. For some reason, I don't know what the deal is. Usually, like every time I hop on, prices are about the same. You know what I mean? Depending mm-hmm. on the day you're flying and all that kind of stuff. But this fucking weekend, I need to go down there for this funeral, and I can find lots and lots of cheap flights down, which I didn't need. But every flight back was like five hundred fucking dollars. I was like, why is every fucking flight this expensive? And it doesn't matter. Like flying back in the middle of the week when normally they're like dirt cheap was still expensive. I was, I, I just, I don't get it. I was like, it's not a holiday. It's not fucking anything. I just. Can you get a, uh, I don't know where in Florida you're flying to. Can you get an Allegiant flight back to Peoria and then just have Char meet you up here? Well, n- no, even even the Allegiant flights were 300. Wow, that's insane. Right. I mean, eventually, eventually I found a Frontier flight for 120. But, I mean, you know, the problem with Frontier is, yeah, the ticket's cheap. It, well, they charge you for every goddamn thing. Oh. Like you don't get shit. <laughs> yeah, they're like, here's a cheap flight. Oh, you need a carry-on bag? That's fifty dollars. You're wearing glasses? That's another twenty-five. Right. Personal item? Slightly too big. That's an inch too big. Fifty dollars. <laughs> you want to breathe air on the airplane? Twenty-five. <laughs> I was supposed to say the person's like, nah, I don't care about breathing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna die and then my family can sue you. Well, that means we have to charge you the twenty-five. Sorry, sir. Yeah, so their so their one hundred and twenty-dollar ticket ends up being two hundred dollars, but I mean that's the best I could fucking do. And I mean, and that's coming back to Bloomington, so Char's still got to drive an hour to pick me up. Yeah, terrible. And because I have to leave my car in Decatur, she's basically <laughs> have to drive an hour, pick me up, drive forty-five minutes, drop me off, and then drive another forty-five minutes home. Mm. It's a little bitch. It's it's so, bad. So it's I, was bad having a, I was having a shitty day today. You're having a shitty day tomorrow, preemptively, it sounds like. And, you know, next week, whenever you're coming home. Oh, just the, just the whole thing. So my the, the way my job works is it's kind of like the, all my months are front-loaded. So the beginning of the month, I have just an absolute shit ton of stuff I have to get done. And then as I get that stuff done, my month kind of tapers off and tapers off and tapers off until the end of the month. I really like it's pretty easy. I have like daily stuff, but then I have spare time to do educational things and all that kind of stuff. Well, this happens to land right at the beginning of the fucking month. (laughs) So I'm trying to do two weeks worth of stuff in three days. And it's just I mean, it's a fucking nightmare. I'm working as fast as I can and just I, I Every day, it's like there's something new that I have to deal with, and I'm like, oh my god, it's it's another thing. So Monday, I take half a day because Anna's finally got an opportunity to get into a uh, home 
Mm-hmm. I saw so, that. Yeah, so we went and toured that on Monday. Well, so then I lost another half day. And then, because I'm not, you know what I mean? Shark kept telling me not to go. And I was like, I'm not going to miss that. That's my, fu- <laughs> That's my fucking stepdaughter. <laughs> like, like yeah. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather be stressed out from doing all this stuff than stressed out feeling like a piece of shit for not. Oh. Well, that makes you a good stepdad. Yeah. So, so that, and which then, is, which is weird to say, considering, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, like how old's her son? Uh, 22. I can't remember if he's turned 22 yet. He's either 21 yeah. or 22. And Anna's going to be 18. Is that what it is? Or, or is she is 18. So he is, sorry, he is 21 and she is turning 22. Wow, okay. and they're they're both really close to the same age. That's really confusing. Yeah. I've never I've never thought about them both at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, she ages she ages out of her current home on her twenty second birthday, which is why yeah. such a rush to get that done. Yeah. And I know he just turned twenty one not too long ago because I bought him a great big thing of alcohol mixers for his twenty mm-hmm. first birthday. Yeah. So I'm just whenever you say you're a stepdad, I'm just imagining like a 13 year old like you're not my dad. Shut up! But right, right. The but kids are actually adults. Right. It's not remotely that. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's even weirder. Uh, yeah, but so then I get to I get to work today, and I like, and I'm trying to like stay positive, and I was like, I have enough time during this work day to get absolutely everything on my list done, and I was like, and I'm going to do that. And I get to work. And I start working for about two seconds, and I have, like, uh, I've basically got my Outlook calendar set up to throw reminders at me so that I don't forget various job functions that I have to do. And it kicks one out, and it's this thing we only do every other week, and I forgot it lands on this week, and it takes another two hours. And I was like, no! (laughs) I had time! I finally had time! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, Doug, have you had a shitty day or planning to have one in the near future? Nope. No, I'm good. The day was normal. <laughs> That's actually good to hear. I'm glad, I'm glad you had a normal day, Doug. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry for everything that's going on in your guys' lives that are very... Uh. Making them difficult and all. Oh, trust me, mine's first world problems compared to Noah's. It's just, it's just frustrating. Like I said, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it together pretty well. It's just, uh, it's one of those things. I'm like, I just got to get. Because I, I'm one of those people. I can't, I can't stand the idea of leaving work for an extended period of time, knowing that I have a pile of work still sitting there because it's only going to get worse. You know what I mean? God, God knows what's going to happen in the <laughs> two days. I'm not there. I'm going to come back to a, a new pile of stuff to worry about. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, it doesn't suck. So what movies did oh, you pick for this movies for this week? Noah, we did Kroll and clash of the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't you tell us about Krull? Oh, man. 
I've seen just this movie. Plot, so- just a plot description. Don't get too worked up here. No, no well, here's here's the problem. There's there's a lot of stuff in this plot. This plot's got a lot of, like it's got a lot of stuff going on. So a, an evil being called the Beast lands his uh, giant space traveling mountain fortress on the planet <laughs> of Kroll uh, and Correct. unleashes his army of fantasy and yet also futuristic stormtrooper knockoffs uh, called the Slayers to wreak havoc upon the world. Uh, while this is happening, the prince, soon to be king, is in the process of uh, getting married to a lady in order to cement an alliance so that they can take on the the slayers and take back Kroll. Uh, slayers attack, basically murder everyone. He's the new king. Typical fantasy shit. They're having a weird, fiery wedding ceremony that becomes plot relevant at the end of the movie. <laughs> Uh, and then they kind of and they go on an epic quest that is almost like a series of mini quests. You're forgetting it. that you're forgetting that the slayers kidnap the new queen. Oh yeah, yeah. They they take her to the 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 lair of the beast, which is inside the mountain. There is also a giant statue esque prison that is a statue of the beast. I think. <laughs> that, she, that she's trapped within, uh, and a in a pretty cool uh, animatronic giant mutant monster thing that, unfortunately, I, I feel like they don't give you enough of because it really does look good. I I feel like they spend the first half of the movie avoiding putting the camera on it because they think it looks bad, but it looks really good. Uh, and, and then, yeah, they, they collect a cadre of interesting characters. We have the uh, the wise old man uh, <laughs> who's kind of taking him to get the mystical weapon because this is a, a fantasy slash sci-fi slash high adventure movie. Uh, we have the magician who has shitty magic, which is also hilarious. Although he's he's the worst part of the movie. We we'll get into that later, but he is he is a weird tonal shift <laughs> versus the rest of the film. Uh they get a cadre of criminals who will now serve as the uh the king's new army including one Liam Neeson, the most mythical of all creatures. The most mythical yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Uh, a cyclops and a blind old seer and his young ward. <laughs> so we get two strange old men. Yeah, for a little while. It's weird. it's weird all these strange old men are traveling around with this kid. Right. Some would question that. It was a different time. Oh, well, we're going to get into that in the next movie, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, but it's basically, basically they have to, you know, first they have to get the weapon, and then they have to 
figure out where the fortress is going to be because the fortress moves every day at dawn. And uh, yeah, so they go on little mini quests. Finally, they get that done and then they have to go on another quest to get there in time. And then they attack the fortress and save the day. And he <laughs> he finally uses the ultra powerful weapon that he really could have been using the entire fucking time. Yeah, the old guy tells him don't use it till you absolutely need to, but I, I don't believe there's any reason why you can't just use it whenever you want. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, and this this movie is just, I don't know. So, it's got problems. It has, it has pacing issues. Sure. Um, and it... It has acting issues, but not I, they're not as bad as some. There's there's one or two moments that the main guy like delivers what's supposed to be a very emotional <laughs> moment, and you're like, "Ooh, you did not do that well, sir." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, it, it feels like um, he's sort of like Carrie Elway's from Princess Bride. If you were if you were a shitty actor, that's what this character is. <laughs> and he's like the lead of the movie, which is mildly problematic, right? And it's and it well, and it's one of those things that so. He's not great. He's, but he's also not terrible. I th- he's serviceable Correct. most of the movie. It's just there's a couple big scenes where you need him to really fucking nail it, and he just doesn't stick that landing. No, it's kind of sad, though, that this this movie was pretty much the end of his career. He went on like the rest of his career was doing one episode of many many TV shows, and that's that's it. Mm. <laughs> but Liam Neeson's. That motherfucker. <laughs> there, there's a couple of weird moments in this movie where Liam Neeson just has like, he has to like give a, a fun little facial expression like during a battle where it's like, you know, some guy is about to kill somebody else and Liam Neeson steps in and saves him and gives him like that knowing look and all that. And it's super weird because it's like, wow, he really, he really is a better actor than everybody else here. I can see why he's the famous. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like, you wouldn't probably notice it if you didn't know who Liam Neeson was going into the movie, but it is just those little moments where you're like, yeah, see, he nails it. Everybody else is just not quite there. Yeah, he sticks it, and actually, I think the kid sticks it most of the time. Yeah, the kid's good. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, so for the most part, it's this is really just one of those big set-piece movies. Yep. And and it's all about interesting special effects and kind of big adventure scenarios. And I think most of those work. Like I dig all of it. I dig I, I love the like scenery in this fucking movie. Right. The, like when they're going through those forests and like there's a couple of times where you can tell they're using like backdrop paintings or whatever. But most of it looks fantastic and that scene where they go to where the giant spider is so that guy can get that sand from that old lady that he used to bang. Yeah. It's like outstanding how good it looks. Uh, yeah. Mind blown. Like You know, it's almost all sound stages. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I can tell that when I'm watching it and looking for it, but I don't think I would have been able to tell that in the 80s. Like, right. obviously, the average film viewer is a little bit more sophisticated now than we were back then, right? So. Yeah. If if I remember right, this movie ended up hurting a bunch of people's careers because at the time this was one of like the most expensive movies ever made. Yeah, that makes sense. When looking at it, it just looks expensive. Oh yeah, it's, and it's yeah, it looks it's, great. Like yeah, it looks compliment. fantastic. <laughs> but I just don't know if this type of film needs to 
have that level of budget to it. I don't know if that makes sense from a business standpoint. I'm glad well, they did it. It's it's interesting that they came they came into it. I th- I think with the best of intentions, thinking okay, it's going to be this huge sci-fi movie, and you know you've got movies like Star Wars and Conan and shit that that are making out like bandits. We can do that. And yeah, do you want to be like, well, Star Wars was a fluke. Yeah, the first one at least. I mean, it, it, there was just as equal amount of chance that nobody ever goes to see Star Wars. And that's, oh, yeah. Like and it's right there. And things like Conan and a lot of the other fantasy movies are all got built-in audiences. You know, they're all based off books. They're all based off all the stuff that people are familiar with and excited about. And Kroll's just, I mean, it's a completely new fucking thing. And you got to go into the audience and go, okay, Space people fighting medieval fantasy. It's it's the Lord of the Rings with evil bug aliens. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, like it's obvious that they wanted to capture the the feel of all of these sands and and what do we call them? Sword and sandal movies that we always talk yeah. about. Um, they wanted that, but they also wanted Star Wars. How do you mix those two together? Well, the aliens show up on the. Uh, in the fantasy world, we just have that happen, and they just clash, and that's all there is to it. We don't need to really explain it any better than that. And right, I, I think it works. Like the story is good enough because oh it's yeah, not, it's fantastic. The, movie, the movie's not really about a story. It's it's about the effects. It's about the action scenes. Most of them are very good. Yeah, I would I would argue out of most of the things, the one thing to me that just every time I watch this movie, I'm like, who made this decision? Is to have the comic relief character be so jarringly outside of the behavior of every other fucking person in this world. Like, everybody's playing these, you know, fantasy-type characters, and then you've got the fucking teacher from Willy Wonka and the fucking Chocolate Factory (laughs) playing a Monty Python character in the same scene with the rest of those people. (laughs) Like... That, I actually really like the way you put that. It's exactly right. It's <laughs> it's very strange how different that guy is, and just the nature of the humor is. It's it's fine to have a comic relief character, and there are other comic relief moments, but the nature of the humor is just it's childish, and nothing else about the movie is really handled that way. It's very strange. Is it, like I said, it's it. I just don't understand it. It would be like putting a character from Time Bandits into a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's it's a weird decision. It's it's somebody not understanding that um, you can have comic relief without going big and over the top with it, right? Because some of the other comedic moments I think really work in the movie, like when the when the reveal comes that Liam Neeson's character just has like eight wives scattered around the country <laughs> that don't know about each other, like that was pretty funny the way that played out. Um, you know, I, I thought that worked, and it's sort of hilarious when he's like, he gets there and he's claiming to be all fucking uh, like, no, he would never look at another woman. But he, we, as an audience, we kind of know that not to be true. <laughs> it's, you know, it's fun that way, and you you could have done more stuff like that and not had this over the top character that just constantly like accidentally turns himself into the wrong animal and shit. 
Yeah, I was gonna say that that scene's great too when they're talking about all the wives and they're like, "We're gonna starve." Wait, don't you have a wife that lives here? And he's like, "Oh no, she moved." But <laughs> another one. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I think that actually kind of gets to one of the things I really liked about this movie, though, which is it's felt like almost every character had like some backstory. And even if, like, Liam Neeson's character's backstory is just comic relief, fine, right? And we get that old guy that goes in to talk to the lady in the web, and we find out there's a huge backstory there. And, you know, we've got all this stuff, and it's, even if you're not engaged in the individual backstories, it just, from a world-building perspective, it made everything feel very, like, like a real place that actually existed, and, like, all these people were living their lives and then stumbled into this story kind of thing. Which I think is like one of the things that makes Star Wars work so well, is that it feels like you know an existing universe, and we're just picking up with these characters for a portion of their journey, kind of thing. And this worked on that level for me. I also dig that everybody kind of gets their their moment. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of these ensemble movies like this where a lot of characters have to like fall by the wayside and not get any attention put on them. But in this one, like Liam Neeson's character, who is a pretty minor side character, gets, you know, he gets to be the one that gets them all fed and gets to have a pretty epic death scene. And the Cyclops guy has a pretty cool arc. Even the even the obnoxious comic relief character gets his moment in which he turns into the puppy after the kid's grandpa dies. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I thought I liked that. <laughs> Yeah, it's touching. It would have been great if that character, if it hadn't been that character. Does, does that make sense? They would have, if, we did, if we didn't already dislike that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if they hadn't already made him so jarringly weird. I mean, and even a delivery from a less ridiculous character on some of the lines would have been funnier. Like, I love the fact that he's talking about, if I had a wish, you know, I would wish to be on top of this giant pie or whatever. And he asks the little kid, what would you wish for? And the kid's like, a puppy. And he's like, that's a stupid wish. <laughs> Why wouldn't you wish for ten puppies? Because <laughs> I only want one puppy. <laughs> I just once once again, if we didn't have that character delivering it, that still would have been funny. If Gandalf delivered that, it'd be even fucking funnier because yeah. it would come so hard out of left field. I don't know. So, what'd you think, Brian? Judging by your Facebook comments, I feel like you didn't enjoy this movie. <laughs> So this is the first time watch for me, and uh, I started it at about eleven o'clock last night because I'm like, well, maybe I should try to knock one of these movies out so I can do the other one tomorrow. And so maybe that was not a uh, great time to start it, but I just was not getting into it whatsoever. So I stopped and went to bed. Watched the other half today. Um, it's all right. I just I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why people love this movie so much. Um, it's not horrible. Like, it's okay. It's fine. Like, if I rewatch it, I'll probably enjoy it more than I did this time. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, I don't think it's a midnight movie kind of movie. It's a uh, Friday night after work popcorn movie. Yeah, because sure. it is a, it is a pretty slow movie, and there isn't much of a plot to keep you like you're watching 
it's almost like a series of smaller stories where they go on these little adventures and meet up with these different people. Um, you know, you get kind of like the weird, like the weird Cyclops character just following in the background for a while, and then we stop and we get his whole backstory and everything, and then we move on again. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. like so I can see that being difficult to watch late at night. Yeah. So yeah, it's all right. I will say the uh, the uh, transfer on Voodoo, which I'm assuming is the same one you guys watched on YouTube, uh, was really good. Like it was really cleaned up really well. Oh yeah, and, and like we were saying earlier, it's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Like the cinematography is fucking fantastic, yeah. and the and the special effects are fucking great too. Yeah, there's very few effects in it that don't look great, uh, which is a hard thing to say for a 1983 fantasy film. Most of the time, you have a bunch to make fun of. Yeah, this this one, most of the things to make fun of are the uh, the the MacGuffin esque plot devices that they use yeah. every once in a while. That you want to be like, okay, come on now, <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, he's like, oh, no, the old seer who we desperately needed is dead. Well, luckily, I used to have sex with this magical spider lady. And it's like, wait, what? That's never been mentioned in this movie one fucking time. Nope. And then at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, it wasn't the super weapon we needed. As it turns out, our our wedding fucking ceremony gives me magic firepowers. Right, which once again, not really brought up. Like, well, it was it it was described at the beginning during the wedding ceremony, but I didn't understand that they were describing it as a weapon. It was more of like a a merging of their powers or whatever. Right, right. I think it was a metaphor. (laughs) Yeah, that turns out to be very, very fucking literal at the end of the movie. It's it's one of the more tangible metaphors, (laughs) right? Um, but again, like I think the idea behind the movie is obviously building off of the concept of Lord of the Rings. Um, the idea that, hey, this isn't, it's not the plot, it's the journey. That's what we're talking about here, right? And so you you don't watch the movie with the idea of like, okay, how do we resolve this story? You watch it with the just like, okay, so now they're picking up this new person in the group, and now they're picking up this person, and they go on these little side adventures, and it's all... It's all about that journey, and then they get to the end, and it does feel sort of just shoehorned. Like, yeah, he's got magic now because he found his wife. So shoot fire at the bad guy. <laughs> did you guys find the dubbing of the female character to be a little weird? I didn't I notice. I noticed. That. Yeah, didn't, I didn't notice. notice. So when they made this movie, that that actress is British, I do believe, and it, which would make sense as everyone else in the entire fucking movie has a European <laughs> accent of some kind. Yeah. Uh, the studio executives in their all powerful wisdom decided that the movie would sell better with an unknown American actress than it would with an unknown British actress. <laughs> so they basically sent that actress a letter being like, hey, by the way, we're going to dub over all your lines with somebody with an American accent. <laughs> Basically, it's after the movie was to done. Do. Yeah, it's a very weird thing to do for no for no gain. I mean, because obviously the movie uh, bombed. Mm-hmm. I guess 
I guess bombed bombed it really isn't fair because everybody talks about how much money it lost, but it lost money because of how expensive it was. The ticket sales for the film actually really weren't that bad. Do you know numbers off the top of your head? Not not off the top of my head, but I just remember looking at him and being like, oh no, see, it did well. It just cost so much money that doing well was not enough. They were trying to pull a Marvel before Marvel was a thing. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to spend half a billion dollars on a fucking movie unless it's going to make a billion dollars. Okay, yeah. So, according to Wikipedia, the budget on this was thirty million dollars in 1983 dollars for a fucking unknown fantasy project. That could be a problem. Yeah. Um, made 17 million at the box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, it's a 17 million dollar pull, pretty good. Yeah, for not when you spend 30 <laughs> for a, for a low budget fantasy film, I think 17 million would be fine. That's 30 million dollars. I can't. I'm. I can't stop laughing about that. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> I just love to know who the people were making that decision because I just can't fathom. Somebody pitching this movie and somebody being like, fuck yeah, that's it. That's that's the thing right there. Dude with yeah. the crazy, spitty little throwy thing. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like, honestly, like $30 million is the budget you would give this movie today. <laughs> that's Right, right. $30 million in today money. Yeah. Okay, so I got an inflation cal- calculator. Uh, 1983, 30 million would have been equivalent to today of 79 million. So they spent, yeah, about almost 80 million on some weird sci-fi movie that they didn't know if it was going to take off or not. But it's even worse than that because movie budgets were smaller back then inherently, right? Yeah. even, Even adjusting for inflation they were people didn't put the kind of money into movies that they put in today and the financing wasn't set up to absorb the losses the way it is today so right. it's it, right it's it had 30 a 30 million dollar movie was a big movie <laughs> yeah that was like oh, I, i'm just trying to i'm trying to think of what other movies would about out this time and how close they would have been what, to that what year was it 83 yeah diana jones one of those I'm trying to Return of the Jedi came out in '83, right? Yeah, what's the budget on Return of the Jedi? Anybody know? No. I'll tell uh, you in two seconds. The budget for La- for uh, Ark Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark was twenty million. Yeah. So budget. <laughs> the budget. The budget for Return of the Jedi, which once again that franchise was hot as fuck and had huge audiences, thirty-two mil. Okay, yeah. See, that I think they maybe shouldn't have put quite so much money into Crawl from a business perspective. Again, as a viewer, I'm super glad they did because I think the sets look amazing. The special effects look amazing. Most of the characters even look good in their like roles, like the, the costuming and the haircuts and stuff. With the exception of that one guy that looks like Nick Frost from Spaced, that for some reason is just shoehorned into the middle of that band of thieves, and I do not understand why they didn't like shave his mustache and give him a wig like everybody else did. Nick Frost yeah. from Space. That's Hagrid wrong? from Harry Potter. Is that who it is? Yeah. It's the same actor? Same yeah. actor. Yep. Robbie Coltrane. 
does it say anything about why doesn't that guy get a wig like everybody else? And maybe no, I don't know. Give him a, a week to grow his facial hair into a beard instead of a <laughs> cheesy '80s mustache. Like, was he shooting like weird pornos on the side, and he had to have that mustache contractually? <laughs> I was gonna say it is. It is really sad that uh, Ken Maxwell didn't uh, get more attention after this movie like i get it i get being attached to a bomb hurts people's careers and those those couple scenes the scene where he's trying to pull back the glaive after it's embedded in the the beast chest his facial expressions are like what is he doing right now (laughs) it looks like he's like trying to nut or shit in his pants like it's really weird (laughs) I like that you can recognize the facial expression of somebody who's trying to shit their pants. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody try before. <laughs> Just look, he looks so he's like straining, but in a in a not physical way. <laughs> he was straining in a constitutional way. Holy crap! So Robbie Coltrane in the year nineteen eighty three, I had one, two. Three, four, five movies come out. That's including Kroll. Uh, was a guest star on one, two TV series. And then looks like he was a regular on two other TV series. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. I guess that explains why he can't just be changing his look for Kroll. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds like they should have gave him the fucking lead. Right? Jesus. And then the year before, 82. So, you know, we'll we'll say that he was they were shooting in 82. Uh he was in three movies. So not not as much work as the following year, apparently. Jesus Christ. That's that's a lot of work for a guy. <laughs> I was gonna say, and then this movie has some weird connections and stuff. I guess so. They they were working on a special effects gag that was a hand that was gonna metamorph into a claw for one of the the changeling scenes. Right. And they they built it, and they and they actually got a prototype done, and it was awesome. But something about timing issues, they were like, no, fuck it, we need to film now. So they ended up not using this special effect, and it ended up being in Life Force. (laughs) Sure, why not? Yeah, they just repurposed it to another film. I forgot he was in From Hell the the same year that Harry Potter came out. (laughs) Is this this getting totally just (laughs) off the rails just to talk about (laughs) Hagrid? Sure. Right. Why not? Hagrid's incredible career. Do we need a month dedicated to that guy now? Is that where you're going? <laughs> no, I'm just finding interesting what he's what he works on. The rest of us are trying to talk about a movie right now, Brian. I don't know if you want to join in. Yeah. I was gonna say the bad the bad thing is is him and Leah Neeson are really the only two people that had a career outside of this movie. I don't I don't think very many of the other cast members did much. No, I don't think so either. I didn't they said well, I didn't recognize him so or I guess what's his what's his face the dude who played like the leader of the bandits uh, he's a that guy yeah I don't know if you say so I, I recognize him yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you two are pretty positive I'm a uh, so so but could change in the future 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I liked. I thought they. I liked the way they balanced the humor, mostly, with the exception of the over-the-top guy with the uh, the seriousness of the film. I liked all the backstories that everybody got. We haven't even talked about the backstory that the uh, the Cyclops got. The poor fucking guy. That's <laughs> his whole storyline is that Cyclops is, can see into the future, but they can only see the day they're gonna die. And if they try to avoid it, they just have to suffer more. That's the way it works in their mythology. So his like hero moment is when he chooses to suffer more so that he can continue the fight with the rest of the team rather than give up and just go to his death. <laughs> it's like, that's really dark shit for like, what is for the most part a kid-friendly movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy I was talking about, his name's uh, Alan Armstrong. Salad with a U, A L U N. Fucking Brits. <laughs> but I mean, but he was in a fuck ton of stuff. He was in the Brendan Fraser Mummy series and Sleepy Hollow, bunch bunch of shit. Good old Van Helsing. Oh fuck! That's probably why I blocked him. <laughs> um. All right. So, anything else before we uh, move on? Uh, I don't know. Brian's Brian's the first person I've ever met that didn't have a slightly more positive view of Corolle. Even Char liked it, and she hates this shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people in my in my feed uh, said that they think it's one of those movies you have to see when you're a kid. Otherwise, you don't get as much enjoyment out of it afterwards. I definitely think it would benefit from that. Because I, I didn't remember any, anything about it. Um, I was like, a couple of years ago, I probably told you guys about it when I rewatched it for the first time since like being a very small kid. Probably. And I was, I definitely didn't remember anything except for the one, for some reason, the one thing that stuck out in my mind was the scene where he has to reach his hand into that like water to grab the weapon. And, oh, yeah. mm. and that, for whatever reason, stuck in my head from when I was a kid. But that was, I, I, I didn't even remember that there was a Cyclops in this movie, which is you'd think that would stand out to a child. Oh, that's, see, see, that's uh, wild. I was going to say the two the two scenes I always remember is him putting his hand in the lava to grab the thing and the Cyclops getting crushed to death in that fucking door. Yeah, I had no recollection of that from when I was is a kid. That, that for, for a scene that sometimes is not as effective on the drama, god damn it. That's some, that's some Artax drowning in the swamp shit right there. <laughs> That was dark, man. He's just getting crushed, and the rest of them are like, "Well, he's gonna die now," and he's still not even completely dead. They're like, "We we gotta go." Oh yeah, I mean, the fact that you're gonna get crushed in there, it's just just it happens so slow. It's like, oh god. And again, knowing that he chose that over a more peaceful death, so that he could help everyone else achieve their goals, it's it's a nice hero moment. But that's some dark shit for a little fantasy film. Uh, all right. Well, uh, speaking of a dark fantasy film, Doug, do you want to tell us about Clash of the Titans? Clash of the Titans? Clash of the Titans is, uh, we're talking about the 81 version, right? We didn't, yeah. This wasn't, this wasn't Liam Neeson week. We're not talking about the 2010 no. version. Okay, good. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, it's like ancient Greece. There's a lady and her baby are put out to sea. And therefore, a giant kraken is sent to kill the whole town that sent them out to sea. Um, they land on an island, and where she raises the baby up to become Perseus. Later on, uh, 
there's it's a complicated plot, but effectively he just decides he's going to go take over this other place, and uh, it's similar to the last movie where it's this long adventure to get us to, with a bunch of side quests to get us to. He's gonna, you know, marry the princess of this whatever the lands are called. I gave up trying to learn all the names of the lands, <laughs> and uh, naturally that results in the kraken coming back. So now he's gonna have to fight the kraken himself. Um, side quests include having to tame the Pegasus, having to defeat this weird guy that looks like Beastman from the E-Man cartoon. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> he's, he eventually has to, in order to fight the Kraken, he has to slay Medusa and use her head to turn the Kraken to stone. Spoiler alert, he's successful. Mm, and yeah. all this storytelling is done with cutting back and forth to the gods up on presumably Mount Olympus, although I don't believe it actually says that, who are just kind of monitoring all of this and occasionally fucking with everybody. <laughs> well, So, in, in preparation for talking about this, I went back and I was like, you know what I want to know? Because I remember hearing stories that when this movie came out, that the critics were kind of just bashing the living shit out of it. Really? E- yeah, even though it kind of went on to be the audience be like, no, we like this movie. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, this movie that was made on literally half the budget of the other movie. Before we get into that discussion, <laughs> right, right. So mm. I'm reading all these critical critical reviews, and they're bitching about the amount of melodrama that's in the movie. And I wanted to be like, have you ever read a Greek fucking myth in your entire goddamn life? That's that's all it is. All all Greek mythology is gods having. Petty, pissy arguments about who fucked who. Yeah. It's weird. But, yeah. (laughs) It's... Yeah, and it is is just the classic, like, I guess very comparable to the real world, where it's just these guys are up there fighting over petty bullshit, and then all the people on Earth are suffering as a result from it, right? So... uh, I don't know how you can possibly argue. I don't, I don't know the actual myth that this is based on well enough to comment on how accurate it is, but so so I, I I don't see how you could criticize a movie like this for telling the story that it's meant to tell. It's kind of the the biggest change in the movie is the excuse to get the kraken involved, and that is in the myth the reason why Perseus and his mother are thrown into the sea is because a um like an oracle predicts that that guy's grandson his firstborn grandson will kill him and and okay. take his throne or something like that mm-hmm. and then it actually i i'm a little sad that they cut that part out of the movie because it's typically in the myths and stuff it all you know ends in war and bloodshed and the mightiest man wins and all that but the the myth of uh perseus ends with perseus basically goes to the olympics and he throws a discus and kind of fucks it up he trips and just whips it and it goes out into the crowd and it just so happens that his grandfather is there and it hits him in the head and kills him Nice. It, I like it, that. Yeah, and so the myth just ends up being you you threw your daughter and your grandson into the ocean for nothing because it was all going to be an accident to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we should just add in one thing we forgot to mention about Krull was that there is like a 
a narrator at the end who just comes in and announces that the king and queen are going to have a son who takes over the entire galaxy out of nowhere and then that's just over <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> sorry p p s rules the galaxy uh yeah so clash of the titans i think at the end of the day it ends up being uh two well we'll, we'll call it three three fantastic things number one burgess meredith yeah. you know, burgess meredith and that's just fucking fantastic I love the idea that they uh, they needed somebody to basically play the coach for Perseus to guide him on his way, and they just went up and got Mickey. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> right. I was going to say, uh, dudes battling sick monsters, also a plus, mm-hmm. and them Harryhausen stop-motion animations. And it, I would I argue to the end of the earth, that this movie is the greatest example of effective stop motion animation that has ever existed. It's uh, better than King Kong. I don't give a fuck. It's it's oh, flawless. Yeah. It is what's fascinating about this movie too is the special effects are like great. The, the stop motion stuff really works. But there's times where they transition back and forth between stop motion and like especially that uh, the Beastman guy. Like when you're up close on him, they have a guy in makeup. And then when they pull back, they go to the stop motion. And some of those transitions, it looks really good. And mm. considering this is a 1981 movie, like it, it's fantastic how well it holds up now. So I can't imagine what audiences who saw this in 81 would have thought. Like they, yeah. I, I bet you people believed that either that somehow that guy was moving in a slightly stop motion-y way or that that was a stop, uh, like a claymation effect that they were looking at a face that was able to create those... Uh, expressions yeah. yeah comparing it to the last movie i think the like green screen stuff looks way better in this movie than even it did in the last movie yeah 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 as much as i enjoyed the special effects in crawl i don't think there's a question which one is better overall mm. special effects wise um and like say like the the composite shots where they've got you know pegasus flying and obviously it's they didn't really get a horse to fly, so you can tell that it's... You, if you know what you're looking for, you can clearly see where it's like, okay, this is the horse that's running, and then they went in and they put wings on it, and they have it up against a blue screen or whatever, and you can see it all. But if you're just sitting back and watching it and enjoying it, I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, all that stuff looks really good. Yeah, I was going to say the fight the fight with Medusa is is just one of the, I don't know. It's it's such a next level fucking thing. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. I will say I didn't love the the look of Medusa, the the effect. I thought because they didn't do that thing where they cut in close to her face and had an actress with makeup on. They had it all be that claymation stuff, and I didn't love it. But then when he's battling her, and it's like uh, how it's it's he's got to be interacting with nothing, and then they're just putting this in later. And it looks great. And when her body, when he finally gets her head chopped off and her body's just writhing around like for several <laughs> minutes after the head's been chopped off, I like I loved watching that. You would, you sicko. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> uh so the big thing the big thing that I commented um was so at the beginning, this this movie's got nudity in it, which Kroll did not have. Yeah. Not just and, nudity. Banging nudity. <laughs> that was okay. It was a little upsetting though because it's like the it's Perseus's mom that we're talking about here. That's who we see yeah. naked, and she's like objectively attractive, you know. Like I'm not. Yeah. But then, like 
the one time you see her and she's like naked, but she's breastfeeding. And I'm like, don't, don't do that. That kind of takes the fun out of here. And the next time she's walking down the beach and you see her from behind and I'm like, that's beautiful. I wish there wasn't a naked child beside her because that's <laughs> taking some of the fun out of the enjoyment of this. Uh, that's, right. the, that, that's the scene. I, I was like, well, nowadays, I don't think we'd be seeing, seeing well, something yeah. like that. There is yeah. that general uh, exception rule where you can show a baby naked. You know what I mean? And nobody flips out because that's sure. a baby. But, man, if that kid's old enough to walk, that kid shouldn't be naked. <laughs> shouldn't be naked in the movie. <laughs> and then you start thinking about it, and you're like, well, that's obviously not his real mom. So a lot of it's just, uh, okay, we're going to have this naked kid, or we're going to have this naked woman, and you just walk down the beach together. Yeah. I, don't, I prefer not to think about the day of filming. I don't want, it's just, it seems like an odd choice. Yeah, but I'm just saying nowadays, that'd be like a big no-no. Yeah. People would be protesting. They'd be like, oh my God, <gasps> this woman exposed herself to this young child on the set of this movie. So weird. And it's, it's I would argue, unnecessary, all the nudity as well. Like it's, you could have just had them in togas or whatever the hell. Well, let's not let's not get crazy. They do show the 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 princess or the queen or whatever later. She's coming out of a bath, and that's yeah. There's nothing wrong with that scene. No, she's she's in a bath. That's plot relevant. But she's <laughs> it's different. <laughs> It'd be stupid. That would take you out of the movie if she was in a bath wearing a toga. <laughs> <laughs> One of the opening scenes, though, I did see a guy who was in a toga running and then i noticed he had gym shorts on underneath yeah i noticed that too <laughs> it's like oops it's like eh i mean nobody's gonna pause this movie or anything it'll be all right that's the thing is stuff like that is when you're watching a movie from 81 like everybody was seeing this like in theaters and then mm. not seeing it again ever for the most part or like you know it's going to be on tv in two years so it's kind of unfair that if you can like watch it in high def and slow motion and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys find it bizarre that young Harry Hamlin looks just fucking exactly like the dude from Entourage? <laughs> sure. Your haircut. Yeah, it's just weird. I, I was like, man, he, he could be his kid. They look the exact fucking same. I didn't pick up on it, but I don't think you're wrong either. <laughs> yeah. Did uh, did we mention that Lawrence Olivier plays Zeus? No, we did not. That was that was pretty dope too. I got to say, the one thing that surprised me—I haven't seen this movie since like the '80s. I I know this movie mostly because of the toys that I had from it, and not so much because of actually watching the movie a lot. And uh, I was surprised how well the storytelling worked with the clipping away to the gods and having them like move the figures around and like mold that one guy into a monster and then when you clip back to earth he's a monster now it's <laughs> like uh, all that worked way better from a storytelling perspective than i expected it to i thought it would feel really jarring and weird but it really did give you the impression that like all of these the main characters in the story are all just pawns in this game for these super beings that are up on this mountaintop just fucking with them for no good reason. Just... <laughs> Should we talk about all of his uh, super weapons that he gets that are just magically left out in the open by the gods in a very video game fashion? 
Yeah, it is very video gamey, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you know what the fucked up thing. So the myth that's that's all pretty accurate. Where Zeus is like, you know what? That's my boy. Give him everything. <laughs> magic sword, cut through stone, magic shield, magic helmet. The invisible helmet made me laugh. I, I did not recall that at all was coming when he puts the helmet on and he disappears. It's like, oh, for fuck's sakes, really? Cloak of invisibility? Uh, the one thing they didn't give him, although it would have defeated the need to have um, Pegasus in the film, is is in the myth. He also orders Hermes to give Perseus his magic winged shoes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that myth is pretty close to this. Like, it's basically all the other gods being like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) I get it. He's your kid. You like him. But quit making us give all of our shit to him. It does. You get that real feeling from the gods. Zeus is just being a dick because he's just like, it's the classic, like, you know, the rich CEO that just gives his kid the sweet job. And everybody else is like, we've been working our asses off. And you're just going to give it to him? And that's my boy. What do you want me to do? That's my kid. I, I, I like having him around. <laughs> I also love the fact that they point out the fact of how ridiculous the Zeus sex myths are. Because they, they do the whole, you know, he appeared to her as a golden shower. And it's like, ew. But uh, but then later that that one goddess is like, yeah, he tried to seduce me disguised as a cuttlefish, and you want to be like, how would that have worked in the first place? <laughs> it's not entirely logical when you think it through. It's like, I think, is there a woman who goes, yeah, sexy like a cuttlefish? I don't know. I believe there are myths where he was a bull and possibly a sheep in one scenario. Like, I don't know what the women were into back then, but... Well, I was gonna say, so, like, the bull, I don't I don't think it would work, but I understand the uh, the symbolism of the, the virile rampaging bull type of thing, you know what I mean? That That makes sense as a sexual metaphor, but then, but, like, he he entered her room as a golden mist, and it's like, I, I, did golden mist make people horny? I think I'd be more confused. I'd be like, what the fuck? Why is this golden mist in my room? <laughs> I think back then, if some something weird entered your room, you're like, oh, Zeus, like you're here again. <laughs> uh, any other favorite parts? Besides, I, you know, I pretty much I like all the stuff with Carabas. I think that it, it it just looks so fucking good. Yeah. Mm. Well, and as I a did. story, it works too, right? Like the idea that this guy was like scorned, and now Perseus has come along to sort of take his place, and it leads to all the drama of the film. Really, uh, mm. it, like that all worked for me as as much as anything. Again, in this idea of these old fantasy films where you just have these becomes an excuse to go on the side quests but still I thought that main plot line worked is this the 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 beast man looking dude that we're talking yeah. about yeah 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 uh I did love it after he got his hand chopped off that they just gave him like a fork hand <laughs> yeah fuck yeah he just stabbed shit he loved stabbing shit with that fork hand I mean, he was happier <laughs> than hell when his hand got cut off <laughs> it's like finally I could attach a fork to it <laughs> <laughs> 
He probably had that fork hanging around waiting for the day his hand got chopped off. When he just walked up to that bag that had Medusa's head in it, just stabbed it, and blood came out and turned into giant scorpions. He was like so proud of himself. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is going to be good. Which, I mean, does he know that's going to happen? Is he like, well, if I stab Medusa's head with my fork hand, giant scorpions will be the end I, result. I don't think he knows. I think there's like an expression on his face where he's just like, oh, look at what I did. This is sweet. Like, it's, <laughs> I didn't know this was going to happen. He's like, hmm, there's a bag hanging here. Maybe I should poke it with my poking hand. <laughs> uh uh, would you just take Medusa's head and just show it to everybody? Fucking turn them to stone. Just annoying okay. people at the store. Like, oh, let me reach in my bag here. Oh, fuck you. Now you're stone. I will say I thought it was very irresponsible of him to just throw the head into the sea at the end of the movie. Right. Because I'm like, that's just going to wash up on shore. And you don't know who's going to find it. <laughs> Might be a naked mom with her naked kid. Find that and get turned into stone. <laughs> Or just like a, a little kid picks it up and it's just running around. Wee! They're just turning everybody into stone all around them. <laughs> <laughs> Did a toy company ever make like a replica of that uh, the owl? Because I feel like they should. They make I'm, a lot of money. I'm almost certain they have. I, I can't. I'm pretty sure that that owl is in the movie to be made into a toy because it's, it's the R2D2 of the film, quite clearly. Does that does that follow back to the original myth, the idea of a robot owl? I don't recall that being. I can't I can't imagine that the people who are writing Greek myths like thousands of years ago would have had the idea to make a, a mechanical owl. Like they didn't have mechanical anything back then. It's weird. It it feels it feels a little shoehorned in. I like it though. I am not seeing a uh, a replica owl on on Amazon. I will tell you this, I had a lot of Clash of the Titans toys when I was a kid, and I did not have that owl. So it makes me feel like it didn't exist. You can get a statue of a steampunk owl, which is pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see a toy of this owl anywhere, and I feel like someone someone, someone should be punished, because uh, there definitely should be. I think they could just make the one that they use in the movie that's clearly just that's one they have to carry around that is clearly just completely non-animatronic again looks looks really good when they cut from that to the the stop motion one that they're that flies around and stuff but it's funny when they just have that one and they're just like oh i'll get so and so to carry you and then the guy comes along and just picks it up and it's just a little statue of an owl <laughs> it's like, couldn't that thing talk and move a second ago uh so i did i did find a clash of the Titans, it's creatures of Ray Harryhausen, like figure. And it's of Calabos. But the sad thing is, at least from what I could tell, no detachable hand to be replaced with a fork yeah. hand. Well, that's and that's just a missed shit. opportunity. That's what that is. Yeah, I will say, of all the things about this movie, so if I remember right, it was like nominated for a couple random shitty awards. But Harryhausen got snubbed. Like I can't not a really? single not a single nomination for Harryhausen for those special effects. Well, that just goes to show you that awards are bullshit. So Right. <laughs> yeah, fuck those awards. Uh yeah, because I mean come on. It's Yeah, that should should have been an Oscar. 
Like, I, I legitimately think if you put this out as a movie now, people would be impressed with the special effects. They're maybe not as photorealistic as CGI equivalents would be, but they still look fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And that, like, everything, like, down to, like, the, the fucking boatmen when they go over the river sticks, and there's just that, yeah. that skeleton hand sticking out of the fucking mm-hmm. robe demanding its money, which is kind of funny in and of itself, but... <laughs> It's like fuck it. It all works so well. Yeah, it all looks good. I'm super happy we rewatched this movie because I haven't seen it in so long, and I just kind of forgotten about it. And it's yeah, like I haven't seen clips, but I've never watched the whole thing, so I was happy to get to watch it. I'd say I enjoyed it a little bit more than Crawl, but I don't know. This was not, apparently not my week for uh, sword and sandal movies. Oh really? Yeah. See this one. This one I think is a really really good movie like the storytelling's good the mm. performances are good the effects are amazing uh, i think this is like if you're interested in this type of movie i think this is kind of the pinnacle of yeah uh, anything else uh, i don't know i would i would have to i would have to say i think i think it's probably the best movie ever made from a greek myth probably it's, okay a couple of a couple of the Hercules movies are pretty fucking good, but I don't think any of them are this good. I don't think I remember any of them being any of the ones I've seen are as objectively good movies. They might be a little more fun to watch depending on what mood you're in, kind of thing. But they're not they're not good movies in the sense that this is like a really genuinely good movie made out of this semi ridiculous premise and having all these weird monsters in it and stuff. Yeah. Maybe maybe Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts might give it a run. I'd have to rewatch that to have that discussion. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, so what did everybody watch since last week? I watched Fuck All. Oh, that's good, because if I remember correctly, I think we have a piece of feedback, so. <laughs> fuck, all, fuck all the movie. <laughs> Uh, you did watch something, but we'll get to it here in a second. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I forgot. That's, uh, Brian gave us, sent us an email. It says, hey, guys, I'm writing in between rounds of Just Dance with My Daughter. So if I seem out of breath, my apologies. Had an idea for a show to tie together two of your favorite theme months, Kurt Russell Month and, and uh, he says, Slate, slate, slate. It's supposed to be Slater September. He he made some funky word that doesn't make any sense. Did he try to make it Slay Timber? Yeah, I guess that's what he was doing. I don't like it. Uh, he recommends 3,000 Miles of Graceland and True Romance. Both feature cast members from Tombstone and an Elvis role and both star Christian Slater. Uh, I can't remember if you did True Ram- True Ma- True Romance yet. Don't think so, but I could be wrong. If you did, then just throw Bubba Hotep in there. Which leads to my <laughs> next question. June needs to be Bruce Campbell month in honor of his birthday. I'm sure Noah will approve. Uh, do you approve, Noah? 
nobody ever has to twist my arm to watch Bruce Campbell movies. <laughs> I think it would be unfair to watch them in June because I just don't think Bruce Campbell wants us being that organized. So. <laughs> Uh, and then he concludes with also, what did you guys think of the suicide squad trailer? I'm done. Uh, I, I've actually kind of been intentionally avoiding trailer two, just cause I'm already sold. I mean, between James Gunn directing and Nathan Fillion being in it and stuff, I, I'm, I'm good. I wouldn't count on Nathan Fillion being in it too long, but yes. Oh yeah. I'm sure he's going to die in the first 20 minutes or something. Uh, the trailer looks fucking awesome. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it, it looks super fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I don't know, I'm still hesitant to put money down to see a DC movie, but we'll see. I did see uh, the second trailer for Dune and the second trailer for Mortal Kombat, and both of them were pretty solid. The the Dune one, I'm, tr- I'm really trying not to get excited for Dune, because I fucking... <laughs> I, love, I love that book so much. And I really, really enjoy the uh, the 70s movie version, even though it's not very, you know, it's got problems. It's not super true to the book. And I even love the sci-fi version. And and I feel like every version's been all right. So why am I so nervous that they're just going to fuck this one up so bad? Uh, I've never seen any Dune stuff, and I've never read the books. So I hold no emotional attachment to Dune. So it can be good. It can be bad. I don't know. You've ne- you've never seen the seventies one? Nah. No interest. Right. I might have to put that on the list. I'm about to blow Noah's mind, but I also uh. have not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I also really, I really don't have an interest in it. I don't know much about it. Mm. Somebody told me that the giant worms from Beetlejuice are in it. Uh. So. Shy Halud's a little more badass Than the worms from Beetlejuice (laughs) And there's something about spice That's all I know The spice must flow I don't know The problem is is All the stuff that should sell you on it I'm gonna I would describe it badly and make it sound boring Well that's what I've heard people who've seen the movie Say that the problem with it is the boring part Yeah but it's not but it's not boring. That's it's it's a super super complex, deep, rich story with a lot of moving parts that it's hard to get your head around it. And once again, the movie the movie turns it into the original movie turns it into more of this uh, artistic sprawling thing which i guess the book is too but i don't like i said it's so it's so fucking complicated to explain to people like the main character isn't the good guy at at the end of the book if you if you really like pay attention they're all bad guys like every single person in the fucking book series are bad guys but the book presents them in such a way that you convince yourself that they're good guys does that make sense? Maybe. Yeah, I guess. It's got the, the book has a lot of interesting philosophical and political commentary buried inside of a story that for the most part you're just excited because the story's so fucking cool. Sure. Okay. Did you uh 
Did you hear Sylvester Stallone's voice in King Shark in the new Suicide Squad trailer? Hand. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just wanted to break into your serious. No, you're fine. Pseudo political, whatever stuff you're talking hey, about, just just to get a hand joke. Technically, we're supposed to be responding to Brian's email. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, uh, man, you should watch the you should watch the trailer. No, it doesn't really give too much away, but you see King Shark rip literally rip a guy in half. It's fantastic. That's, that's pretty dope. Uh, um. So yeah. So I'm excited. It's weird to say that I'm excited for the next Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, I was going to say the Mortal Kombat trailer was a little more uh, on the nose about it's a tournament type thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm not as excited about it. I just, as long as it's dudes in cool outfits with superpowers beating the living fuck out of each other in interesting locations, mm-hmm. it, it's great. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. That's all you got to do. I don't need anything else. I'm sure it'll be fine. But after rewatching the 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 first Mortal Kombat movie, I was shocked how much I still ended up liking that movie. So now I'm worried that they're going to be a little too serious with this movie, and it's going to be terrible. I think my so, biggest thing is I'm just not sure that I feel like a Mortal Kombat should be like a big movie. It seems like it should be a smaller movie, if that makes any sense. I suppose. I still don't know how we don't have a good... Street Fighter movie. It's too complicated. How would you ever come up with a plot for a movie where a bunch of people get together and just <laughs> fight, and then the next two fight, and then the next two fight? You'd have to develop brackets to see who fights the which winners fight each other. It's too complicated. You can never mm. do it. It's gonna say Blood you'd have to 10. you'd have to make a movie like Bloodsport, and that's never been done. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to get Jean Claude Van Damme to start a movie like Bloodsport? You could never do that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, did you? What? What did you end up watching, Noah? Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. Godzilla. Godzilla versus Kong, I believe. I still haven't watched it yet. I, I really want to. I just haven't had time. Uh, so I can I can break it down pretty simply. Uh, all the monster stuff is fucking mm. great. It's great. Yeah. God, Godzilla looks great. I th- I feel like Godzilla could have a little bit more screen time. It's a very Kong centric movie. Mm. Um, yeah, you can. I I feel like you can tell that the filmmakers are pro Kong. So you're saying there's a filmmaker agenda to this movie? No, because because I feel like they give they give for a treatment. They just it's it's pretty obvious that they gave Kong more screen time. Mm. Uh, the the big problem with the movie is there are three characters, right? Uh, the one that Millie Bobby Brown plays. Mm-hmm. We've got the uh, New Zealander kid from Deadpool Two. Okay, can't remember his name. And uh, the third guy, I don't know what that, I don't know what else that actor's been in, but he plays almost like a crazy, maybe mildly autistic podcaster. (laughs) 
okay. who's attempting to so so un- all podcasters yeah who's 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 embedded he is an employee of apex cybernetics and he's trying to expose all their evil to the world and millie bobby brown's character is like listening to his podcast and shit so those three are fucking shoehorned like a motherfucker into this movie and they have this whole fucking side quest that has no bearing on the plot of the film. I like that you did call it a side quest. Yeah, it's I'm I'm like I said, it has no fucking purpose. Their characters serve no fucking purpose other than they wanted those actors in that film because they thought it would put butts in seats. Mm-hmm. And it's just fucking dumb. It's fucking uh, dumb. And their ultimate contribution at the end of the film could have been replaced with a guy tripping. I mean, it's uh, literally that bad. You're talking about Alexander Skarsgård? No. So no? Alexander Skarsgård and that, that has to do with Kong. And that all is like the entire plot of the movie. And they're fine. No, I don't okay. So the people I hear complaining about this on the internet that drive me fucking nuts are complaining about the wrong thing. Focusing on human characters in a kaiju movie isn't exactly off point. They do it in literally every fucking kaiju movie that's ever been made. <laughs> like It's part of the genre. People need to fucking chill out about that. And the problem with those other characters isn't Millie Bobby Brown even though everybody's like shitting on her for some reason, like pissed off that she's in this movie. I'm not pissed off that she's in this movie. I'm pissed off that this fucking thing that they did with them shouldn't be there. (laughs) Like there's no fucking reason for it to be there. She's not the problem. This, the the shitty movie is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that shitty plot is the problem. Millie Bobby Brown's great. Yeah. So so is fucking New Zealand kid. I don't know what the fuck his name is, but he's he's been perfectly serviceable and stuff. Julian Dennison? Yeah. Uh so this podcaster. I'm trying to figure out who this podcaster is. Um He's a black guy. Oh. There's probably Brian Tyree Henry, who I don't know who that is. Yeah, I I was gonna say he's he seems slightly familiar, but I don't I don't know, but but like I said, it's just fucking. I I just don't get it. I don't get that entire fucking section of the movie, and this movie's two hours long, which means you could cut them out, and still have a feature length film, and nothing changes. Oh, he played uh, he played the dad in uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, and he was also in Hotel Artemis, which I was a big fan of. Okay. Apparently he yeah. was also in Joker. Didn't see it. Don't Who know. The hell did he play in Joker? Uh, Carl, the Arkham clerk. Okay, so he's just okay. a random. But yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. So basically, my biggest complaint is I feel like that takes this from a great, fun, monsters bashing each other movie and like drags it down two degrees. Mm-hmm. Just because it's fucking, it's fucking dumb. Like I, I just don't get. I don't get. I don't get it. It's bad writing. It's really bad. It feels like somebody shot an entire movie and then somebody came in behind them and was like, "Yeah, I want Millie Bobby Brown in this movie," and re-edited the movie. 
and shot additional scenes. I don't know. Yeah. But besides that, no no complaints. The there's quite a bit of monster fighting. And the monster fighting's good. They're kind of interesting set pieces that show the strengths and weaknesses of the different combatants. And there actually legit is a winner. Oh wow. Like they straight up basically say, yeah, this 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 one wins. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> then of course there's there's stuff that happens after that, of course. Like one of them doesn't die, obviously, because they want to make sequels. <laughs> but one of them clearly loses. Well, nice. I'm gonna have to try to watch it this week. Yeah. Yeah, I was really happy that they actually put a... I was worried that there was just not going to be a loser, that it was going to be a wash or mm-hmm. something. And I was going to be like, that's cheap. It's a cheap out. Mm. Uh, I would recommend seeing it in IMAX. I watched it once on the little screen and once on the IMAX screen. And it's, it's a movie for a big screen. Yeah. Uh, well, if I go to the movie within the next week, it's probably going to be to go see Nobody, because I think that movie looks awesome, so we'll see. Uh, did you watch anything else? No, that was it. What about you, Doug? Uh, I watched one thing. Okay. Which is a movie that I've been meaning to see for years, but I haven't been able to actually find a decent copy of, called I Drink Your Blood. Oh, yeah. Yes, I remember reading the plot description of this years ago and thinking, I gotta see that movie. And I saw it, found it on YouTube, but it was a shitty rip, and I was like, no, it's, <laughs> that plot description is too stupid for me to uh, for me to watch a shitty rip of this. Yeah, decent I've, I've seen it before. I don't think I remember being impressed with it. Well, it's it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. No. So uh, for, for the unenlightened, the, the plot is a group of Satanists roll into like a very small town and they're causing trouble, including drugging an old man who comes to confront <laughs> them for the other trouble they're causing, <laughs> giving him LSD. So he can, he's seeing shit and stuff. So, uh, old man's uh, grandson. You should also a, comment that the, the movie was from the sixties or seventies. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. 71. I think I want to say, so yeah. it's like, it's one of those ones where it's like, so the, the Satanists are hippies and everybody yeah. keeps complaining about those hippies that have come to town. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was going to be um, my big point out. You got to point it out that it's a hippies versus, you know, regular people. Yeah. Movie. Um, but where, where the plot really kicks off is when the, <laughs> this kid gets sick of their, the hippies shit. So he shoots a rabid dog, steals its blood and injects it into food that's going to be sold to the hippies. So now they have a combination of LSD and rabies in their system at the same time, (laughs) which causes them to act very strangely. Um, There's a lot of wacky shit goes on in the last part of this movie that I have to admit was kind of fun to watch. Um, For example, one guy chops off somebody else's foot and then he's chasing a lady around with it, like how like a little boy would chase a little girl with a frog or something. That's how he's doing it. It's just it's a human foot that he's severed from one of his other hippie friends. <laughs> There's a whole weird sequence where they get to this like um it's like a construction crew nearby that they've alluded to that 
it's like a big construction project so everybody's like living on site and stuff and those guys all end up getting infected with rabies because one of the girls goes back there and has a, a bit of a gangbang situation going on so now that's all these guys running around with machetes and shit that's I don't know I don't have much to say about it. It's if if that's if if what I just described to you sounds like something you'd want to see, I don't think you'll be disappointed. But I can completely understand why that might not be appealing to everyone. <laughs> so I not uh, I won't necessarily watch it a bunch more times, but I'm glad I finally got around to it. Put it that way. It's yeah. uh, it's a very weird movie. It's, it's yeah, it is, and that's that's the uh, that's the takeaway from it is it's just strange and. Sometimes that's a good thing. And that's what I wanted to watch that day. <laughs> the other thing I'll point out about it, which is because I think it's funny. Uh, do you guys know what Canopy is? It's a streaming yes. service. And it's it ties into like it's one of those ones that you have to have like a library card to get it. Mm-hmm. And if you go to their website, it talks about how it's like a a thoughtful source of entertainment. And if you like I have like the app for Roku and when you go in, like there's a, a world cinema section. And there's, um, you know, a whole documentary section and there's all this kind of stuff. But if you dig a little, I Drink Your Blood is also in there. They don't put that right on the front cover because they're trying to be like a little more intellectual about the way they approach this. But uh, it's it's funny that all this like, like this is a, that's the same service I used to watch that Australian movie a couple of weeks ago where the guy held the human skull in front of his penis so that the movie would be eligible for television. Um, <laughs> so it's it's just funny to me that they have, like, it's this veneer of being, like, a very well put together, like, the kind of streaming service that, you know, your college professors and your grandparents would want. But then if you just, just dig a little. <laughs> it's like, nope. So. Nice. But unfortunately, that's all I watched this week. Uh, the only thing I watched is I continued on with uh, Invincible. Oh, I uh, actually did watch that as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, as Noah apparently throws his chair against the wall. I don't know what's going on over there. Sorry. It's all right. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, I've, you know, I've read the comics, so I was waiting for, for this I didn't know if it was going to be a full episode or a couple episodes, but I'm like, well, I know he goes to Mars at some point and there's kind of a fun little story in there. And that was this episode. Uh, so what'd you think of it, Doug? Um, I liked it a lot. I don't know. It was, it felt like just a little comic book story, but the whole mm. idea of him like going to Mars and like the, the humans he's traveling with don't know he's there. So he's just traveling on the outside of the ship and stuff. I thought that was very fun. <laughs> And then he gets there and the Martians are all like attacking him and shit. And it's, I don't know. It was just, it was kind of like dumb fun. And it seems like it's setting up more for the future, obviously. Yeah. But it's, and, you know, there's the awkwardness of him trying to dating. I thought was fun, even though it's objectively stupid. I still think it's funny that he's doing that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's my take. I'm not as, uh, there was nothing that happened that like shocked me. Yeah. Way, some of the stuff that happened in the first couple of episodes shocked me, but I really enjoyed watching it. I'm certainly going to continue to watch it. Yeah. Yep. It was good. I, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I've been loving the show. 
so much and uh i feel like it's going along pretty well with the comics as far as adapting the storylines and stuff so so the unfortunate part for me is i kind of know what's coming up but the other part of me is enjoying seeing them like actually do all this stuff so here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future uh all right well doug what did you pick for us to do next week next week look i'm just gonna tell you this flat out we've had a problem on this podcast lately shit's been way too normal oh no that's not what we're supposed to be doing around here yeah so uh next week Movies about uh, people living in a house and not knowing that somebody else is creeping around in there. Oh, nice. Hider in the House, starring mm-hmm. one Mr. Gary Busey. Oh, yeah. And the 1974 TV film about a murderous teenager living in a house with a family that doesn't know he's there <laughs> called Bad Ronald. And uh, I've been mm. needing to see that one for a while. So. Yeah, that was a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. So I've, I've almost fucked up that that would be the plot of a made for TV movie. Just so we're clear. Right. I've almost watched Hyder in the house multiple times. I've almost clicked on it, uh, but ended up watching something else. So (laughs) I'm glad I get to finally watch it. It's I didn't, I've never heard of it until a little while ago when I was adding movies to the list and I was trying to put together a a Gary Busey month for some reason. (laughs) And I didn't quite make it to getting a month, but we have uh, a couple of movies added that have him in it. So. There is pretty much zero chance I'll have next week's movies watched, but I'll probably still be here to record, so that'll be yeah. weird. Yeah, it'll be fun. We can explain the movies to you. That might actually be a good test for our crappy plot descriptions as to whether you understand what we're talking about at all, having not watched the movies. Uh. Oh, it kind of bums me out that you're you're not going to watch the Suicide Squad trailer. I just remembered that they kind of reveal something big in the trailer. And I was going to ask you about it, but... I think I heard one person say something about you get to see Nathan Fillion's powers, but... Well, nope, that wasn't it. Uh, They kind of, of, I think, show who one of the villains is going to be. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who, Who you think that is? Uh, well, I mean, can I tell you? I mean, they yeah. show it on the yeah, screen. I don't, so. I don't care. All right. Well, you said you were trying to avoid the trailer. I don't. I don't no, know. no, it's not. It's not like I'm avoiding it. I just don't actively seek them out. Oh, um, gotcha. Um, so there's a scene where, you know, I don't know, chaos is going on, and then uh, something. I assuming they're going to be fighting, but some guy in a control room is looking at a monitor, and he's like, "Oh my god, we've got kaiju." And then it cuts to fucking Starro stomping on a bunch of shit, like the full-size giant one. Okay. I mean, we already knew Starro was going to be in it. Oh, did we? I didn't know. I was yeah. I was super excited when I saw it. Yeah, in the in the previous reveal stuff they were doing in the background, there's somebody laying on the ground that's clearly got a Starro on his face. Oh, I completely missed that then. Yeah. All right. Well, never mind. It wasn't as exciting for me to tell you as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to have him look like. Uh, looks like a giant star starfish. I like it. <laughs> well, he's uh, a, he's one of the ones that it would it would I feel like it would just be hard to interpret him. Yeah. Especially he's kind of like a silly character, but at the same time he's a giant god monster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Should we talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty good week this week. Get to see uh, uh, Sam and Bucky sort of going to talk to Zemo, and then Bucky decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to break him out of jail and not tell anybody until afterwards. <laughs> Did you guys feel that it was a little... He came to the conclusion that he's just going to break this horrible guy out of jail real quickly and real easily. <laughs> it was it was very easily. I was kind of so, surprised. Um, so then they team up and then have to go on a couple of adventures. Uh, I guess the theme of this episode is side quests because I feel like that's what they did in this episode too. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they had to go to Madripoor, which I was excited it's a it's a big uh, location in the comics. Like Wolverine likes to go there and get down every once in a while. Yeah, kill some ninjas. Um, uh, oh, Sharon shows back up. Haven't seen her since uh, Civil War. Shows up being completely badass. Yeah, she whoops some ass too. It's pretty awesome. Also, it continues the show's trend of. Um, looking at different things that we hadn't really thought about and it's like oh yeah look all the avengers got their pardons after the events of endgame but she didn't she's yeah. just still out there like on the run effectively because of what happened in civil war and it's like oh oh yeah i guess if you didn't have superpowers you kind of got fucked <laughs> so i like no, that quite a bit nobody thought to uh hey should we uh, figure out where sharon's at and make sure that she gets pardoned yeah she'll be fine She's like, no, I'm going back in time to fuck her mom. Yeah. <laughs> Aunt, but yes. Uh, then, uh, yeah, of course, they get into some trouble and they find it. They found a guy that can reverse engineer the super soldier serum. Yeah. And of course, Zemo shoots him right away because. Zemo don't, don't, he don't like that. Zemo's got a Zemo. Get to see Zemo in the mask. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Do you guys feel like he had to put the mask on because that actor can't do all that action stuff? And that was just no, that's totally because he like literally puts it on, huge action sequence, takes it off. It's yeah, just like that's totally right. what it was. I'm really hoping by the end of the season they do the thing where the mask is fused to his face and he can't ever take it off again. Yeah, that'd be, fun. That'd be good. Um, just like the the reveal that he's rich and he's like, yeah, I'm a Baron. Like, it's like... <laughs> uh, that was good. I do, I do like the fact that they kind of have kept up with the the theme of he's just really fucking good at getting people to do what he wants them to do. Because yeah. he's because he's absolutely manipulating Bucky and Falcon, and yet even though they know he's doing it, there's Still let him do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's like a bunch of stuff about the power broker who we still haven't met yet. Yeah. Um, I did. Ran- random reference to fucking smiling tiger. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did see a video that is hypothesizing that the power broker is going to be Zoloff from. Uh, the last time we saw him winter soldier yeah 
Yeah. And then we're finally going to get the Android body with the TV in the stomach. Uh, that would make chest. me real fucking happy. Yeah. That would feel weird in this show, though, because everything else is kind of grounded. And all of a sudden you just get an Android body. Yeah. Just I would, like, a, like an Iron Man suit with a TV in the chest. The only thing I would be disappointed is having him kind of like built up in the background of these big movies and then not letting him be the bad guy in a movie. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it could hold over to the next Captain America movie. I assume they're doing another Captain America movie at some point. See, imagine the popularity of the show will play a role in that. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point, <laughs> when Sam's yelling at Bucky about breaking Zemo out of jail, he tells him, Do you think the Wakandans are going to be okay with this? And he's like, That's a rhetorical question because, of course, they're not. And then at the, at the very, at the end of the episode, one of uh, T'Challa's uh, guard. I don't. I don't know what their titles are. Yeah, but one of those badass women with the spears shows up, and is just like, "Uh, yeah, we got to talk." Yeah, it's gonna funny because we like also. I, I was uh, gonna say there's also a teeny tiny moment where we get to see that uh, crack in the veneer of uh, uh, Walker. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't you know who I am? Yeah, yeah. The don't you know who I am scene. I was like, there it is. There's that that angry piss pants little bitch. If you want to make an audience not like a guy, have him scream, don't you know who I am? Because <laughs> nobody has ever said that and have somebody go, oh, yeah, no, I know who you are. And now I respect your position more. <laughs> yeah. So he's turning real douchey. It's going to be real good. I was going to say, it's too bad that we're not going to get to see uh, Steve Rogers come back and just beat the ever-living fuck out of him. Right? Old man Steve smacking him around. That would be even funnier, yeah. (laughs) Fucking 80-year-old Steve just beating the shit out of him. (laughs) Amazing. Someone pointed out that old Steve Rogers at the end of Avengers kind of looks like Joe Biden. He really does. And I started laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Um, I don't know. It was, it was a pretty good action-packed episode. I enjoyed it. Um, no, uh, no big reveals, but it's all right. I, I'm not saying there needs to be one. Just usually, it seems like a lot of people are like, "Well, what happened this episode? Oh my god, they talked about blah blah blah." Yeah, this this show is very different from WandaVision in that way. It's not yeah. it's just an ongoing story. And yeah, we're seeing all the characters develop and we're seeing the plot move forward and it all makes sense, but it's not those mm-hmm. giant moments, right? Yeah. I'm I'm still trying to figure out where they're going with flag smashers cuz they're going way out of their way to make them uh pitiable characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. they also made them blow up a bunch of people, so. Yeah, so right. that was the, that was the thing. Yeah, they were like they had her like she was like sympathetic like her was it her mom or a friend or i don't know whoever that lady was dies and you feel terrible and you're like well that's why they're doing this and all of a sudden she's like yeah just blow up those people i don't give a shit well they were literally hoarding uh disaster relief from people sure but you still don't want to be a super bad guy i, th- I think they kind of do 
Yeah. So good episode. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to figure out what they're doing. Cause I don't know if they're trying to be anarchists mm. or I don't know if they have a it's, better idea. It's not really clear what their, um, exactly what their mission is, which is, I think a little confusing. No. Uh, did anybody watch the new Logie trailer? Nope. No, I haven't watched that either. Uh, well, they've confirmed it's a time travel show, which I'm super excited about. Oh, I thought we already knew that. Well, I wasn't sure. I mean, I kind of thought it was going to deal with him since he, you know, took the Tesseract and ran. Right. I mean, but, I mean, the whole premise of the show was supposed to be that he's working for the uh, Marvel's equivalent of the time travel police people, right? I guess apparently you guys pay way more attention to stuff than I do. Yeah. You already know about Starro. You knew about the time travel aspect of it. I mean, I figured that it was, there was some time travel involved that he was just going to have to talk with this, uh, um, a group that's like, Hey, you can't be time traveling, but I guess I didn't know. It looks like they're going to use him to fix time travel stuff, which I think can be a lot of fun. Yeah. It could be interesting to see it. I mean, I, at this point, I just have so much faith in what Marvel's doing that mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, if, if you guys think Loki needs to time travel, then I guess he needs to time travel. It's fine. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, they they just seem to be hitting it out of the park with everything lately. And so I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, I still see people that are a bitch about everything. And I'm just like, I don't understand how you're complaining about this. Of course they do. It's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The TVA. The TVA is the name of them. I couldn't think of it. Mm. Yeah, I asked somebody because they were like they were coming over to hang out or something. And I was like, well, do you watch WandaVision? Because the last episode of WandaVision came on tonight. And they're like, no, burn out on Marvel stuff. I'm like, but okay. it's good. Why are you burn out? I'm the, I am so the exact opposite. Of burned out on Marvel stuff. I'm right? upset that I don't have way more Marvel stuff to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like they should just put out like a six episode show every week and we let us binge it. Like I and for every Friday we binge a six episode show and next <laughs> week it's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fine with that. It's, yeah. Uh, if, if there was a if there was a two hour Marvel movie coming out every week of the year. I wouldn't like see less Marvel movies. I would go buy the AMC ticket thing and be like, I'm going Fridays is now movie theater day. <laughs> but Noah, our wedding is on Friday. It doesn't matter. It's Marvel it's day. We got to move on, it. It's on Saturday now. <laughs> Can't get married if I don't, if, you know, they don't save the world. So. Yeah. No, I agree. So I had to fucking wait till they left before I could watch the the end of WandaVision. I was like, son of a bitch. Maybe it was the episode before. I don't know. I know it was an episode of WandaVision and I was annoyed that they were coming over and I couldn't watch it until after they were gone. When does, when does uh, Black Widow come out? July? Like July 9th, I want to say. Uh, so 2021 or 2022 can we know yet mm. or... 2021 so far yeah. and if you want to pay 30 bucks you can rent it on uh, 
Disney Plus on the same day. I just I get I get that that's for families. That's the reason why that's priced like that. Mm -hmm. But I want to be like, you guys are fucking idiot. I'm not going to pay thirty fucking dollars to watch it on a goddamn TV whenever I could go to the movie theater and spend ten dollars and watch it on a movie theater screen. (laughs) Yeah, the the concept is though, if you have ten people watching it for thirty dollars, it's a lot cheaper. And there are still a lot of people who want to watch things at home now. I think people are more and more trending that way. Um, I'm not one of them. Like, I like going to the theater. Yeah. Um, This is is Black Widow's May 7th. Mm. I feel like that was its original release date. I think it was supposed to be May 7th last year. Well, this says May 7, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. thing I'm looking at says July 9th. Weird. I'm not looking at anything. I'm just listening to you two talk. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I have an article up, but it's about DC stuff, not about Marvel stuff. So. Um, yeah. did, did Brian just fall out? I think he did. Okay. I thought it was maybe me, not uh, not him. but uh, Earlier than we normally are. We, we missed we miss that whole thing. It's fine. Hello? So did, did you, you guys... hear me? Now we can I hear, hear you. I hear you. I hear you. All right, can you, all right, can you hear me? All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, now you're cutting out again. This is, this is brilliant podcasting. Oh, all we're hearing is random little breaks of you shouting. Hello. Oh, can you can hear you again? Hear me. Okay. God, it's a fucking microphone. Throwing this microphone out, Noah. It keeps disconnecting from Skype. Tried, tried to do something nice for everyone. Um, stop. I was going to bring up uh, the new Space Jam. Uh, uh, they're kind of pulling. Oh, you're cutting out again. Ready? It's time I'm to give up. Hat. It's time to give sure. up, guys. <laughs> I'm assuming our responses are delayed because uh, because he gets he, he gets like half the sentence in before he's like god damn it I wonder how much of this he's going to leave in can you hear me whether he's just going to cut it off now we can yeah. hear you now you can hear me yes perfectly fine yes That's correct all right Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Wait. I Move, think, get out of here. I think I think every time you say space jam, it triggers some kind of reverberation through the internet. <laughs> Fuck. Alright. Guess just want to call it. Are we done? I guess so. Well, yeah. I was gonna point out how they took out Pepe. You know what it is They're silencing you Please remember to replace the speaker On the post when you leave the theater And now folks It's time to say goodnight We sincerely appreciate your patronage And hope we've succeeded in bringing you An enjoyable evening of entertainment 
Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.